Hello and welcome to our Search for Truth programme. It's great that you can join us. This is John Martin and I'm with Brian Johnston, our Bible teacher. Today he continues his series of talks on the journey of the ark. We're finding lots of helpful teaching to aid us in our Christian lives. And it's the taking of Jericho today and Brian's entitled his talk, Overcoming the World. Let's begin with a rousing and challenging hymn, and then I'll ask Brian to speak to us. Who is on the Lord's side? Who will serve the King? Who will be his helpers other lives to bring? Who will leave the world's side? Who will face the foe? Who is on the Lord's side? Who for him will go? Having followed the Ark of the Covenant on its journey from Mount Sinai, we've seen how it played an important role in the crossing of the Jordan River and how its first base in the land was at Gilgal. Today, we move on with the Ark to Jericho, to the first battle and the first victory in the land of promise, the land of Canaan. Remember, before the battle, as we mentioned last week, the Lord had appeared to Joshua and told him how he would get the victory. First of all, the Lord had said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Can you just imagine Joshua looking at Jericho and staring up at those famous walls while being asked to believe it was as good as captured already? Talk about a test of faith. But isn't it true? To our experience of God. He doesn't remove the Jerichos from our lives. He doesn't remove the things that test our faith in Him. Instead, He requires us to see things as He sees them, to see things with the eye of faith. Then the Lord went on to spell out to Joshua the special winning strategy that would succeed in overcoming and capturing this proud city. It wouldn't be a case of storming it with battering rams and engines of war. No, basically they were simply to walk around the city in procession once every day for six days, and then seven times on the seventh day. In this chapter, the sixth of the book of Joshua, we again have ten mentions of the Ark of the Covenant. It's the Ark, the Ark of God, that we are paying special attention to in this series. So it's very relevant for us to notice that it's mentioned no less than ten times in Joshua chapter 6. Its presence in that procession around the walls of Jericho was absolutely vital to the success of the whole enterprise. And once again we read in verse 6 
But it was the priests that Joshua commanded to take up the ark at Jericho. Day after day, the armed men went round as the advance party, followed by seven priests blowing trumpets, followed in turn by the ark with the rest of the people bringing up the rear guard. During all this time, the people had been told to say nothing. On the seventh day, the usual circuit around Jericho was repeated another six times. Then Joshua gave the command, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. It was then that the wall fell down and the invaders were able to go straight in and conquer the now defenceless city. I like to view this story as a kind of picture of what the Lord has done at Calvary through his cross for each one of us who believes on him. I suggest to you that it has to be a picture of the Lord and his working because of the prominence of the ark in this incident. 1 John 3 and 8 tells us that one of the reasons that Jesus was manifested was in order to destroy the works of the devil. You remember the Lord's silence before Pilate and his accusers. Then, on the cross, at the end of the three hours of supernatural darkness, he cried out with a loud shout, It is finished. Just as when Joshua's army shouted and the walls of Jericho came crashing down, I like to think of that shout of the Lord Jesus, that cry of the Saviour from the cross, as causing, in effect, Satan's bulwarks to be broken down. Now as believers in the Lord Jesus, we are working from victory, and it's ours to cast down strongholds, as 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 4 puts it, as we depend on him. Let's just consider again these words of Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. These strongholds may be habits or thoughts, thoughts that are opposed and exalted against God. But I want you to see that the war is won. Our foe has been defeated without us having to fight for that victory at all. It was all the Lord's doing, just as it was at Jericho. We see again our enemy, the devil, is a defeated enemy. We only have his wiles left to contend with. And the wily devil that he is, he trips us up so easily at times 
when we're off guard, he trips us up and draws us away after worldly things. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the vain glory of life, or proud ambition. That's how John puts it in his first letter, chapter 2 and verse 16. He's talking about worldly appetites, attractions and ambitions, isn't he? It's all illustrated in the events that happened after the victory at Jericho in the book of Joshua. The Lord had forbidden the Israelites to take for themselves any of the plunder of Jericho. It must have been so tempting to pick up some of the beautiful articles from the ransacked homes. One man did. He gave in to the desire for instant gratification. This serves as an example of the lust of the flesh. That one man's disobedience was the main reason for defeat in the next battle. Another factor contributing to defeat in the next battle was pride. The next city was a small one, and the people were in buoyant mood following their easy victory over Jericho. So they decided that they would do without consulting the Lord who had given the previous victory. You see, they had come to believe in themselves. Pride had entered in. Needless to say, they were defeated until they dealt with the man who disobeyed in taking plunder, and until they had humbled themselves before the Lord. Soon afterwards, they were tricked by some people, called Gibeonites, into signing a peace treaty. God had forbidden the Israelites to make any agreements with any of the peoples of the land of Canaan, peoples who were steeped in evil and idolatry. But these Gibeonites were crafty. Although they lived nearby, they dressed up their ambassadors in old clothes and gave them stale bread to carry. They were trying to give the impression that these messengers had travelled a long way and so it would be safe for the Israelites to make a peace agreement with them because they weren't close neighbours after all. The Israelites fell for it. If only they'd consulted their God. But they didn't. They took the decision on their own according to the sight of their eyes. Whether it's the lust of the flesh, in other words, instant gratification, or whether it's selfish ambition, being driven by the urge for self-advancement, or whether it's the lust of the eyes, being over-impressed with the appearance of things, we can just as easily be tripped up into becoming worldly in the attitude of our minds. Thankfully, Joshua, in falling down before the Ark of the Covenant, shows us the way of recovery. As he humbled himself before the Ark, we are to humble ourselves before the Lord and claim the provision of 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
Thank you for being with us today. Is there any way we can help you? We're here to help you. Please remember that. Just write in to Brian with any comments or questions and he'll be pleased to help. I'll be giving you the addresses in a moment, but may I remind you once more how you can obtain the transcript book of these 12 studies. You can then get more out of the radio talks by reading and studying its contents. It's available online and either you can get it yourself by downloading a copy from churchesofgod.info forward slash media or if you are not able to do that and need to request a hard copy book just write in and ask for the title The Journey of the Ark. You can use either email or the post and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. So God bless you. I do trust that you're finding these programs helpful. So till we see you next time, it's goodbye and very best wishes from Bible teacher Brian, our producer David, our singers and me, John. So see you again soon. And in the meantime, we wish you God's richest blessings. Oh,